it is time. The time has come for yet another episode of the Ain't I a Woman podcast. This is episode number four. Four. <laughs> four. Yes. And, you know, today we're really going to get into some stuff. I mean, y'all, I didn't have the opportunity to text nobody or call nobody and let them know that I'm going to be revealing some things. So, yeah, be to me, I'm going to need that facial expression right there to let me know if I reveal a little bit too much. But we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about dating as a feminist. We're going to get into interracial relationships. Got to talk about sex. Got to get into that. But also, we're going to talk about dating women and the relationship that dating and loving women has to feminist praxis. Uh-oh, yes, yes, we are going to talk about it. So um, to start us off, b me found a quote for us, b me Yes, um, so this comes from a piece by Cheryl Clark from, this is definitely from the 80s. Um, it's from a piece that she wrote titled Lesbianism and Active Resistance. Um, so she basically, well, let me just read one of the quotes, right? So one of the quotes that she has in here that was a little bit controversial was saying that, quote, bisexual is a safer label than lesbian for a possibility of a relationship with a man. Um, so here she's kind of like critiquing the women, um, the feminists who kind of settled to um, sit in the label of bisexuality um, rather than, you know, come out full force and say like, no, I'm, I'm actually a lesbian. Um, so it also says, uh, while, well, let me read the part about the penis because I thought that was more interesting. Hold on, I think it's, okay, yes. She says here that, um, since the black lesbian, as stated previously, is not interested in his penis, she undermines the black man's only source of power over her vis-a-vis -vis his heterosexuality. Um, so this is really interesting because she's one of like many black feminists um, who used to kind of make this claim that really are about your politic and if you really really are you know down for the cause and you're really here to see radical change then you will not engage um in sexual relationships with men because of everything that they represent and because of every black men in particular um continue to do to try to silence the voices of black women even within um, you know civil rights organizations the black panther party is like one of my favorite um when we talk about the mistreatment of Black women in the community. So it was just interesting because then we have brought up this book by, who is it? Brittany, Brittany Cooper. Brittany it's Cooper. It's called Eloquent Rage. A Black right. feminist discovers her superpower. See, where she's making a similar argument, it sounds. The quote, Zimmy? Sure. So Brittany Cooper, this is in the first chapter of her book where she's making this argument about how being a black feminist means really like thoroughly loving women. And so she says, when nuclear family didn't happen and the privileges of straightness eluded me in a whole generation of overachieving black women, it is my girls who have celebrated my successes, showered me with compliments, taken me out on dates, traveled the world with me 
supported me through big life decisions and showed up when disaster struck. One of feminism's biggest failures is its failure to insist that feminism is first and foremost about truly, deeply, and unapologetically loving women. And she means this in a romantic sense, you know, in case anyone was confused. But when she was labeling all the things that Black women have done for her, she didn't say orgasms. She did not say. <laughs> She does talk about that later. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. She talks about some of her um her same gender loving experiences like throughout the book. Um, or throughout this first chapter. Like the whole the the first chapter is really like around this idea of what it black feminism really means to like deeply love black women, both platonically and in like this intimate, intimately, but then also romantically. Mm. So what say y'all? Interesting argument. There's one more thing. There's one more thing that I wanted to read um, that Cheryl Clark wrote, which is something that like we try to articulate. Like I feel like all the time, you know, on Clubhouse and just in daily life. Um, And she wrote that while the black man may consider racism his primary oppression. He is hard put to recognize that sexism is inextricably bound up with the racism that Black women must suffer, Uh, nor can he see that no women or men, for that matter, will be liberated from the original, quote, master-slave, end quote, relationship that between men and women until we are all liberated from the false premise of heteroseptiority. This corrupted predatory relationship between men and women is a foundation of the master-slave relationship between white and black people in the States. Hmm. So she's basically saying that, like the thing that we say all the time, like while black men are all about, oh my gosh, white supremacy, racism, black women face, you know, white supremacy, racism and sexism, you know, along with all these other things. Um, and she's basically saying that the master slave relationship that like we've seen play out um, in in systemic racism is very similar um, to the same type of kind of like master slave relationship that men have historically demanded from women and have kind of forced women in into via patriarchy. And she's basically making the argument that that very, like, that that old historic relationship of, of patriarchy and, and women um, being subjugated on the basis of women is like the basic foundation for um, the way that, that, that racial oppression and systemic oppression, in particular, the master-slave relationship was like set up from so like men being able to like dominate women is where we get this whole system of like racial um injustice as it pertains to like certain groups of people feeling like they have the power and the ability to to get on everyone else and make them do what they want that's her argument that's her argument that's what she's given us she's given us this in the 80s in the 80s wow and so to flash forward to 2010 2011 when you know i'm reading the new iteration of black radical political thought i'm reading that new book you just have uh well it's, it's not a new book but it's new to you b to me you just got it you're about to start reading it rare white and black by frank wilderson mm-hmm. 
he was one of my professors while I was an undergraduate at UC Irvine. And mm -hmm. when I got to the section of his book where he refers to uh, gender oppression as important but not essential, I said, damn. damn, damn. There it is. There it is, right? Going right back to Cheryl Harris writing back when? In the 70s or the 80s, Cheryl? Cheryl Clark writing oh, in Cheryl the Clark, 80s. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. Cheryl Clark is writing this in the 70s or the 80s. And it's the same pitfall in political analysis that Black men run into again and again. That's why y'all not leading our movements no more. That right there. Yeah. Um, because y'all still aren't able to do an analysis of racism, of anti-Blackness, and not exclude gender in this systematic way. Y'all don't quite understand why you feel compelled to do that, but we watch, we've been watching you do it. So we um, are sitting back reflecting on the ways in which gender takes a back seat, and we're theorizing, you know, the new uh, iteration of Black feminist thought is theorizing of uh, you know, gender-based oppression as the forefront, as predating oppression on the basis of race by millennia. So we invite y'all to catch up. We always do. You know, we, we, we really <laughs> close doors on y'all. Y'all make y'all own decision to be a day late and a dollar short. But we always hope that y'all will show up to the barbecue. Um, but I just, I wanted to talk about... Um, what what what's happening as we're out here seeking uh and i'm going to use uh joy james's book title seeking the beloved community when we're out here seeking people who are willing to put our political social economic interests first sometimes we find strange bedfellows i mean we talked about same gender loving but when we were thinking about what to talk about during this episode, Zimmy brought something very interesting to us. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna wait to get on that. I want to know what you all think about this idea first of same gender loving as being an entry point, a point of departure into understanding and executing Black feminist praxis. What do y'all think about you know getting to know Black women intimately? in order to get to know Black feminist struggle. Let me tell where y'all are landing with that. Yeah, it's a no for me. Um, <laughs> like I, I, I definitely think there is something to the argument about like you really, to be part of the Black feminist project, you have to understand Black women intimately. Um, but I don't necessarily think that intimately always means romantically, right? I would definitely say that I have some of the deepest, most intimate connection with the women in my life, the women in my life. Um, but that, I, I don't know that it crosses over into the realm of like romantic interest, sexual interest. Um, I think they're different forms of intimacy, um, yeah, th th those would be my kind of like initial thoughts. It's like, yeah, it's not really like landing for me. Like intimacy does not equal, rom you know, romantic interest. It doesn't equal sexual interest. And so that's why I would say that I partly understand the point that's being made, but I, I, I don't know that I accept it as like 100% true. Hmm. Well, I think I, I definitely don't think that you need to be romantically involved to you know, truly be part of the feminist project. But I do 
understand and I do see the argument where if we are talking about doing something and we're talking about really changing the way that we like see the world and the way that we when we do that some of us will find that yeah I might want to be romantically involved with women because why not like for me that was really what it was was the more that Mm. I got into feminism the more that like I explored the politic the more time that I spent with like really dope black women it like it was natural it was just like okay like why not so it's it's kind of I think that the, the the argument that especially like Cheryl Clark really is making is that more like more of us will find out if we allow ourselves to to just like what we like that maybe we do want to be with other women um, maybe that is like a comfort thing for us like maybe it is like something that feels good that once again just like feels natural and if it wasn't for the fact that we were so wrapped up in performing in a particular way then we could we could truly like be happy like I I think it kind of goes back to that last comment I made about like how black settle for Mr. like good enough right like it's always been assumed that as a black woman you're to be heterosexual like that black men are gonna have babies and that's gonna be that Um, And, you know, Black women for a really long time have been denied this ability to be, like, sexually fluid. And I do do feel like that's part of the reason why, like, like lesbianism in the 80s was, oh, my gosh, my ear popped out, was something that was, like, such a big deal. And it was something that was such, like, powerful tool at the time because we're not even having a conversation about being in a relationship with men like my politic is radical I want to see women win these are the things that you have to do and there's no possibility of you of me being romantically interested in you that would make me like back down on it that was a weak point for a lot of black women especially back then because of the time it was and because of the standard of like you know you get you up you get married um you have is white pick offense you sit down all of that like it's really like overall I think a pushback against like respectability politics and it really is like an opening entryway not an opening entry but an entryway for more women to more cisgendered women in particular to allow like a queer politic into like their perspective and that's what I love about it I, I love that <sighs> I mean, this is really a moment for, for you know, cishet women to mark what a queer point of departure opens up. It opened up this way of thinking because there, once upon a time, you could not think a polit- political orientation that did not center men. And here you had these black feminists, these lesbians saying from morning till night, (laughs) I don't think about nobody but black women. And it's like, whoa, because for us over here on the other side, men are the center of everything. And so what does it look like to decenter men so thoroughly, a thorough decentering of men? And so 
oftentimes I'm, I find myself going back and forth with people who don't understand that we aren't quote unquote centering queer people to our detriment. Rather, it was queer black women who gave us a political ideology that was useful that did ideological heavy lifting that no other queer political thought or any other kind of political thought had done before it. And so when you break it down like that, you hope it gives people the understanding that it's not that cis het black women are always showing up for queer people. No, it's that queer black people showed up for us and we are just returning the favor. This is reciprocity that you're witnessing. This is reciprocity. Maybe you should learn how to do that. Oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> um, Welcome to the club. And so for me, I agree with you, Zemi. Do I think that it's necessary that you experience same gender loving as a Black woman for you to really understand what's at the heart of a Black feminist praxis? No. But I highly recommend it. Okay, five out of five stars. Five Hello. Five, 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 five. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Zimmy. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. It's, I, it's just, it's like there's no, like I don't feel like I have to be a certain type of way when I'm with a woman. Like I'm just, myself and we're just together and it's like you get to really understand like for me at least I understand what it really meant to enjoy somebody's company really just allow myself to just like what I liked about that person and if it led to other things then it did and if it didn't we are still really really great friends and we still get to have this friendship where we're cool you know like it's like it's never it never something feels mm -hmm. when, when you said you you feel like it allowed you to just be yourself without a performance do you feel like in when you are having intimate relationships romantic intimate relationships I should say with men that there's always a level of performance that comes with it well yeah because first of all your safety is always something like for me i am a smaller woman i my safety is something that's always in the front of me. so whenever i'm with men there's always like this looming like feeling of danger of if somebody decides to get rough with me if somebody decides that they want to try to take advantage of me i feel like there's you know, there's limited things that I can, but a woman, I have like, my guard is down a lot more because I'm not thinking about that. Cause I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just trust black women. So I don't know. <laughs> so I just don't feel, like, I don't have to think about that. I never have to worry about like unwanted, like touching or like women just kind of you know, they get it a little bit more, but, but sometimes men, they're just like, they feel like the assumption is that you want them to be aggressive and you want them to be this way. And that like their neediness to perform now then makes you feel like you have mm. to perform the standoffish and the twice about everything that's being set. Like it's, there's a whole lot of shit. Like whenever we're dating men, that is always kind of there subconsciously and consciously that I just, I never think about when I'm with women. And maybe that's my bias, but 
so far so good <laughs> i mean and thank you so much for because sharing that. go ahead Zimmy. I was going to say, I asked that because it's interesting because one of the, um, one of the standards I guess I have for myself now is like when I'm dating men is, can I be my authentic self? Right? Like, I don't want to, if, if I have to do any kind of performing around you, then like, to me, that's like a, that's a deal breaker. Right. Um, because I found that in the past, a lot of my deal breakers were things that were like X ex- when it came to men were things that were like external. Like, does he have this? Does he do this? Does he say this, etc. And now I've really been thinking through like my wants, needs, and desires are really about how I want to feel right in a relationship. And so if I feel like I got to put on a performance, which to your point, B to me is the norm, right? There is, even when I can like be myself, there's still some level of care work and performance and whatever that has to happen. And so now for me, I'm kind of like, if I got to do that, then not the care work part, because I think when you're with somebody you care about, you always want to be invested in like caring for them. Um, but if I got to perform womanhood, perform femininity, perform anything that's not like authentically me, then that's a, that's a relationship I got to exit. So that's why I was asking that, like, it's such a shared experience, I think, for women, um, especially when, once we get into talking about sex, like the aspect of performing uh, for especially men sex. is some real shit. So well, yeah. let's just get into the sex part. Of that. I mean, <laughs> Asia, <laughs> let's get to the get to. Asia, really? Um... So, you know, I had my very first sexual experience with a woman recently. Um, Saturday night, to be exact. Oh, still recovering. Oh, was that Friday? That was Friday. For reference point, y'all, it's Sunday. Oh, you got Mm -hmm. laid on Friday? I did. (sighs) Must be nice. What is that? <laughs> what, is <laughs> she said, what is that? I'm gonna to tell you. It is. I'm about to tell you. It is transcendence. Okay. It is elation. It is spiritual. It is mm, gratification in every sense of the word. Y'all, my toes curl. It was that. It was all of that. But the thing about it is, though, as someone who's been having sex with men for... (laughs) Yes, the toes toes curl. They threw up (laughs) Inglewood. So cool. Anyway. um, Y'all, as somebody who's been having sex with men for most of my adult life, all of my adult life, actually... I was kind of a late bloomer, though. I didn't lose my virginity till I was like 21. But anyway, when I started um, thinking about having intimate relationships with women, something always stopped me. Like I would go on dates. Like I've had dates with women. I've definitely, um, I've definitely spent time with women. Some of my very first experimenting around sex and sexuality was with other girls when I was when I was young but I was always very curious about men as well and so when I was ready to lose my virginity I did choose a man 
And then later on in life, my interest or my attraction to women never went away. It was just, I was very, again, you know, centering men, centering men, centering men. And I think that that's something that some of us get really caught up in, you know, this idea of a man and some kids and a home and a life and a family. Well, you have to cash husbands, you know? You have, yes, absolutely. (laughs) And so to break out of that and to start thinking about my happiness and my future in a way that wasn't always so male-centric took me a long time because it wasn't that the attraction to women wasn't there. It was my ability to think my future, my family as being something I could build with another woman. Um, and so that's something that I really want to offer to anybody who's listening, who's like, yeah, you know, I'm sexually attracted to women, but I don't know the first thing about building a relationship, a love, a family, a home with another woman. What would that look like? Well, you won't know until you know. Um, and I highly recommend cultivating relationships with same gender loving families. Um, so you can kind of see it. And for me, when I was in college, I had a professor, who had a beautiful family, a loving home with um, a a woman. That was so important for me to see that because it, it it brought that dynamic into the realm of possibility for me. Whereas so many other ways of thinking family and love. Do you hear that? I did hear that. I'm sorry. This is my neighbor's puppy. Oh. Okay, it's all good now. You can keep going. Sorry. So many. If I blow my nose, I'm sorry. (laughs) You can, because we'll cut it out. I'll cut it out. Okay, I'm sorry. That's why I was waiting for a pause so I could blow. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Look at Asia. Okay. I'm sorry, Asia. Go ahead. Oh, okay. So many other ways of thinking family and home life and you know um your future were bound up in ways that were like antithetical to like a same gender loving relationship so i highly recommend that if you're feeling like that's a limitation for you definitely open that up by choosing community with other same gender loving families because that was that was essential for me so y'all i went on a dating app and I switched from men to men and women. It was as simple as that. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I, y'all, it was a smorgasbord. I was like, hey, boo. Hey, boo. Hey. Um, so the conversation just flows, obviously, because, you know, as being of the same gender identity, you already have so much in common about what a day-to-day living experience is like. But more so than that, this person, this very special person is also in the medical field. And so on our first date together, we're talking about gangrene and decomposition. Uh, I I know you all grossed out, but to us, it was beautiful to meet somebody who can relate. Nerds. (laughs) Continue. But for us, it was beautiful, you know, and and, and on our first day out, I, I made it very clear about, you know, where I'm at with dating men. I talked about previous relationships. I talked about previous date, current dating scenarios I was in with, you know, talking to men and dating men. And 
you know, this person, you know, she identified as a lesbian. She was like, I am lesbian. I've definitely had relationships with men in the past, but I know that that's not for me. I know that I want to be with a woman. My future is with a woman. And I was like, well, this is new to me, thinking a future with a woman. But I'm here and open and to think about what that could look like for me, what that could be like for me. And, you know, we had a wonderful time together. Um, We really enjoyed one another's company. And it was interesting because while we're out together, people see two women together and they think, oh, okay, there's two women together. And unless you're showing like outward signs of like interest or romance or then people just see two women. So there was a man with who, in the next lane to us who was checking me out. You know, he was like, with no shame. She, she mentioned that to me. She was like, "Yeah, he's like really looking at you," and I was like, "Oh, mm. um, that's you know." So that's some. Those are things that kind of come up when you're. And I, I'm worried I, this whole time. I'm kind of like, "Ooh, I don't want her to feel like." I'm out on this date with her looking at other people, other men in particular. And so since that time, we've gone out several times and, you know, men. Several, wait, wait a minute. Oh, wait wait a minute. She's not new to this. She's true to this. You, wait a minute. Hold on. (laughs) Wait, hold on. Time out. Beat me. You've been a Nigeria girl. You'd have missed. Are you serious? I'm just hearing about this this lovely person and that was probably like two weeks ago and you're telling me how many what when did well the moral of the story is that women plan dates just keep that in mind (laughs) (laughs) that's that's what i'm saying like there's just certain things that you you the like i ain't even gonna have to think about like it's just there it's pieces like there's certain bullshit you don't have to deal with it's like anyways Asia I'm sorry continue I want to hear more about this (laughs) all of that all of that so accurate and so day number one didn't end until the wee hours of the next day yeah so we we definitely hit it off in a big way um invited her over to my place but on date one on day number one Asia but Asia, is that because you didn't feel the bullshit of like the i'm sexually attracted to this to this person but like but i have to play it off I... and i have to act like i'm not yeah. fast and gotta hold off on giving out the pussy there was none of that we didn't have to play mm. any games about that yeah. we were very into each other we both felt comfortable with each other and we just did not want the date to end so, and I have two puppies at home. So I said, I got to go check on my babies. You want to come? She said, yeah, I want to meet them. So, so we did. did. Wait, now this is the real question. Oh. Did Ori and Reese like this person? <sighs> they were uh, just insane. Like they, <laughs> the <laughs> jumping, the, oh my gosh, they embarrassed. Did they pee on her a little bit? There was no pee, but they some badass oh. little kids. That's the show. Not too much on, not too much on our But was it just like, that they were excited or did they, they were like, excited okay. and she was excited about them. They definitely hit it off. She was very lovely, very gracious, mm-hmm. even though they was loud and barking and acting a fool. She was like, no, they're babies and we've been gone for many hours. So, you know, they just want to get out. See? Just, yeah. She was very sweet about it. So. 
Yeah. That's really nice. It was yeah. really nice. When I hear stories it. like that, it just, it affirms for me that to a large extent, who you're attracted to is just who you're attracted to. Because I always say this, all of my, my friends who date women, um, who are, whether they consider themselves lesbians, bisexual, pansexual, et cetera, whenever they're in relationships or dating other women, they are just generally like happier about those or in those relationships. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot to dating men. It is, even as I'm listening through your date, Asia, I'm thinking of like the amount of like safety precautions, right? Like Thank I'm you, telling Zimmy, a dude he can come back to my I'm house saying? on the first date. I think the yes, fuck not. Zimmy. You can't come back to my house. You know, then there's the, even if I'm, you know, attracted to you, like we got to do the cat and mouse of like, but I don't want him to think I'm like too easy. You know, like there, there's so much there, I think. Um, but despite all of that, I think that, I think I'm just like not romantically interested in women. <laughs> I'm just like, I just don't, and not even in like a, I don't see, cause it's interesting, right? I even think of like, like I have a really good homegirl where, you know, we're always talking about our trash relationships with men and we'll be like, girl, we should just go on and have our kids and we can go on vacations together with the kids and it'll be fun and da da da. But it's never like a, and the two of us could like, you know, like there's not that, there's not that like curiosity about what it could what, what it could be beyond just like we're in community together and like you know um yeah and men are just <laughs> men are lucky that sexuality is not as much of a choice as many people would like to believe because i sincerely think men that a lot of men are lucky what that sexuality is not as much of a choice as and like... what would happen if it was I think a lot of people would opt out. <gasps> I really do. I, and this is no shade. Like, I think that if it was like a, ooh, I'm just, it's not, I'm, it's not working with, with men. I'm just going to choose something else. Like, it's not about any of like my interest, curiosity, sexual attraction, et cetera. I think a lot of people would have been opted out. Um, I think a ton of women would have been opted out, right? Like they, they benefit from the fact that like sexuality is this thing that, Sometimes you can't explain, you can't describe, you don't know why you like what you like, you don't know why you're attracted to what you're attracted to, you just are. I think cishet men get to be the beneficiaries of that um, in ways that they will never comprehend because, I mean, even when you were talking about like your sexual experience with, with her, I don't know many women talking about their sexual experiences with men like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, they, they really don't understand how much they benefit from the fact that like people just like what they like and they can't, they can't help it. Cause it's a, it's a lot of people that want to check out of, um, but let me keep it real though. Sammy, I got to keep it real. Cause keep I keep it real. Y'all know I hate being fake. Y'all know I hate fakeness. I can't do the fakery. Cause you from Inglewood. Cause I'm from Inglewood and that's, that'll never change. <laughs> You missed it. I threw up a gang sign, but you missed it. <laughs> I can't with y'all. though, like, so as someone again who spent her adult life having sex with men, there came a moment after the initial sexual encounter where, to be real with y'all, I was waiting for the p 
penetration card. I was waiting for the the dick. The dick girl. The penis. The pink girl. Damn. ASMR. (laughs) So what what happened, Asia, when you were did did it feel unfulfilling because you didn't get that? I want to say that the foreplay was out of this world unparalleled. The foreplay was absolutely unparalleled. I have never wanted somebody so bad. It was outstanding buildup. Really? Temptation, tantalizing, all of those T words. (laughs) And... The, so best I, foreplay I, ever? The best foreplay of all time. Wow, okay. And then when the moment came to um, transition to the bedroom, yeah, started on the couch, transition to the bedroom. Oh my God. See, what is this? It's a pretty it just wasn't enough work to do everything we needed to do. And when we got to the bedroom and, you know, there's undressing, there's, you know, it's the caressing. Have y'all ever been caressed? I'm telling you, you ain't exactly, you ain't never been caressed (laughs) until you've been with a, I'm telling you, like the amount of like attention to detail, like they touch every part of you is important. Ooh, beat me. She had locks too. <gasps> Come on. So the locks on the skin. Child. <laughs> so you mean to tell me it wasn't just like a, a little bit of neck caressing and neck kissing, maybe a little nipple. Okay, let me, let me clarify. You mean it was more than that? So <laughs> oh, wow. What a world. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> I have to admit that being with men. You kind of like the strength in the hands, especially in that that neck area. I can't with y'all. Y'all are horrible. Sometimes you like a nice, firm, strong hand right on that behind. Wow. Wow. So I'm not saying that... If certain things that you like, if you if you're not into the caress, the the gentle rub, I'm telling y'all, we watched a movie. I got my booty rub for a good thirty minutes. Oh yes, you can't even get that with a dude without him trying to slip his finger. Like, like they don't understand. It's just that. Yeah, that's it. Just rub on my booty. That's enough. That's it. But she understood that I just wanted mm. my booty rub, and it was because she rubbed my booty. That I let her take me to her room. Hello. And in her room, I'm telling you, the caress, the it was good. And like I say, I am the type of person who does like a firm hand in some places. But that night, it was all about the caressing. It was all about the gentle touch. Y'all. The orgasm. Wow. It was somebody she who understood. <laughs> She understood the buildup. She understood being patient. Patient. Patience. Look at Zimmy. Zimmy. 
Give me zoom in. Like, what do you mean orgasm? But because she wasn't rushing me, I took my time and it didn't take long, y'all. I'm telling wow. you. Wow. It was a done deal. And so, you know, I didn't have to direct her. I didn't have to, she didn't need any encouragement. The shaking of the legs was enough. Wow. Wow. But afterwards she was like, I thought you would scream. (laughs) She's used to, to screams and you... You, you under delivered. <laughs> so what else can I do? In my yeah. performance. <laughs> she was really critiquing her performance. She was saying, I'm used to getting this response. So what more can I do? Wow. The orgasm wasn't enough. She was like, but I, what did I, but you didn't scream. Does that mean? I was sitting there elated. Okay. Pure joy. Sheer joy. And she was like, oh, but you didn't scream, though. I was going for a scream. I don't know what to tell you. I feel great. But she had her own standards for my pleasure. Oh. Mm. And there it is. What man comes to y'all and has his standards for your pleasure? Every single one of them. He's like, I'm gonna make you feel like this. And if I don't, then I didn't do it right. No, but it's not like if I don't. I've never seen it. It's like if I don't, then something's wrong with you. But there's always that standard. Mm. Does she know what I'm talking well, about? I don't even know that there's always that standard. I feel like a lot of men just be bumbling and fumbling around. Well, when I say that standard, Lost. I mean like they, the standard. For your pleasure is according to their standards of like what your pleasure should be so look at it from like the other perspective of like men th- believing that they just know everything that it's gonna take to like make you feel good without actually having a conversation with you and you find that when sometimes when you're with a woman you don't even need to have that conversation because can we can we talk about men for for like two seconds? Because something just hit me. <sighs> this thought just came to my mind. I feel like sometimes men have sex for other men. They do. They do. They have sex you so they right. can go back and tell their homies that they murdered. What was that, that shit. you just said? Can you repeat? I said that. What I said was it. It really just came to me. I was like, I wonder if for a lot of men, sex is about the performance for other men. Like what they think, you know, it's like what Beatamie just said, like I killed it, I murdered it. Like it's very much giving a performance and that performance is not attached to the person for cishet men, right? Who are having sex with women. It is not always attached to the woman that they're having sex with, right? It's, it's attached to like their homeboys in their head <laughs> and what it means to kill it, you know, like from what they've heard from like locker room talk. Cause like, I'm always shocked at the amount of men who are like, I murdered it. <laughs> Look, if only eleven percent of women are orgasming, Isn't or only low? was it? Is it only what percentage was that? Did you say eleven? Hold on, let me hold on. The, the stat is that eleven percent of men can make women orgasm, but seventy five percent of women never experience. Them. Wow. 
Well, let me tell y'all. Wait a minute, B to me. I'm you said it's only a, it's eleven percent of men. Eleven okay. percent of men. So that doesn't mean that it's out of the whole chunk. It's just that eleven. Like there's eleven percent of men, of men who can do it. Who do How it. do they know that? Be to me. I'm so interested they, in this. You you got to look it up. You know who I got that stat from? Who? Your your Christ. No. Your brother in Christ. He <laughs> meant about closing the orgasm gap. Like he does not play about that shit. He sounds wow. like a keeper. <laughs> He's very. So it would not be inappropriate for him. Would it be inappropriate for me to hit him up like, yo, can you no, he no, he loves data? to talk okay. about. Oh my gosh, he loves talking about that shit. I'd be sitting there just oh. listening to him talk, like, wow, this is this is all very wow. interesting. Wow, it's good that you know this. It's good that you know this. But let me tell y'all one thing. Afterward, I was honest with her. What did she say about the penetration? Oh, she said she wasn't into toys. Right? Didn't want, and I brought my flower in my bag. The rose. rose. You got the. (laughs) Do you like the rose? I keep hearing so much about it. I love it. Zimmy, you should get one. It's just called a rose. Actually, don't get one so I can get you something for your birthday. Y'all, buy your girlfriend sex toys. You you know, Asia, you get her the rose and I'm going to get her another little thing to go with it. Boom. Yeah. We don't know how they said it's no no way in the world you getting real dick for your birthday. So we (laughs) (laughs) we going to go ahead and slide this in there. I didn't say that. Also, use it while you're being penetrated. Ooh. Yeah, you can. I was well, told. What man? It's a solo endeavor. Penetrate and then you do the rose, and then that's that'd be enough, girl. That'd be it. Yo, the rose. It takes like eight <laughs> seconds, maybe seconds. I, Zimmy, I'm telling you, you're guaranteed to squirt like every time. Like if after your first orgasm, I'm telling you, Zimmy, don't worry. I'm telling you how to use it. This for this for everybody out there listening. I'm telling you right now how to use it. If you keep going after your first orgasm, you're going to get a second one. After that second one, another one is going to come. And it's either going to be a squirt or it's going to be a really, really, really hard orgasm. Damn. Um, but it's always, it's always in triplets. We so are not me, you're always by the rose company to promote this item. I don't even have a rose. <laughs> be to me, is, is the rose something you prefer to use in Asia too? Cause you both have it. Is this better when you're with penetration or is this something you stand alone? Or it is or? wonderful without penetration. No, look, look, look. It was the okay. toxic, my toxic problematic ex. He was the one Jesus who bought Christ. it for me. Okay. And is he Ebo? No, he's Yoruba. Jesus Christ. Yoruba and demon. So, ah. I, was I wanted to sell him off on Zimmy. I was wanting more orgasms because I would give him orgasms like every time. Like every time. And I was like, where are my orgasms? And he was like, hmm. And I would I said, hey, look, I'm and I said Isn't this rose? Isn't this rose interesting? He said, Yeah. Next thing I know, I had the rose. 
And so, so we wait, okay. And we used it that same day. Okay, so let me, can we, okay, can we go around and talk about, for you all, I'll start with myself. I have always marveled at the women who are able to have orgasms from penetration alone. And I know it's a very, sorry, um, my brother in Christ probably knows the exact number of the, like the, the percentage of the number of women who are um, able to like orgasm just from penetration. Um, but yeah, I am not one of the lucky, whatever it is, 20%, 30%, whatever low It's not a is. lot, honestly. Yeah, I think it's even lower than that. Um, but I don't know what you all's experiences are because I'm someone who's always needed, a, you know, a little toy on the side to be able to, able to yeah, be complete. I've only, I've only done that one time and it was after like, the rose was used. There was a lot of stimulation going on. And I really felt a ways about this person. So I don't know. It just kind of happened. But even after then, it's never like happened with that person again. Like I always need, it was just kind of like, oh, like it was just, everything was just right, I guess. But, the stars aligned. Okay. <laughs> this is directly connected to why I'm still mixing, messing with my toxic problematic ex all these Boo, months, tomatoes, years tomatoes. later. <laughs> Y'all, it's not the same kind of orgasm as with clitoral stimulation. That's the other thing I want y'all to know. That it's an orgasm, but it's not the same kind it's a different kind and so a lot of y'all are discounting it because it's not the same it's not that kind of up 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 reach the point come down the other side wait asia what are you talking about which kind of orgasm is not the same you mean the rose or the penetration? penetration orgasm versus a, a clitoral orgasm vaginal versus clitoral i would say got it got it but they're related obviously and so what he did was for me what it took because I'm a, I can be a control freak. He needed to be in control. And so we were doggy style. I was on all fours, um, back flat, stretched out. Wow. And we had, <laughs> we had a little bit of a, a, a disagreement. Um, we were out with his friends and, you know, they all speak Yoruba. I don't, and I was, I was annoyed. I was annoyed that he wasn't talking to me. I felt ignored. I felt like he just wanted me there to kind of be a piece of furniture. Like, look at this girl I'm with. Mm. Um, but I was like, are you with me or are you with me? You know, like, what, what is it that we're conveying out here? And so he was like, you know, yeah, that really hurts me to know that you feel like I don't really value you. Like, you're not important to me. And so it was on the back of that like intimate connection and conversation we had that we had the greatest sex of all time. Oh, wow. And like I said, you know, from that position, from the doggy style position, he's able to go as deep as he needs to go. Wow. And I can't really... He has my full consent, but he's in total control. So if I'm giving him every indication because I'm I'm screaming so much that my throat is dry. <clears throat> wow. Um, I'm giving him every indication that it's great and I don't want him to stop. Then he knows to just keep going. And the remarkable thing is that he came multiple times too. Like this was just a magical night that we've never, like you say, beat me, we've never duplicated it. 
that it was a magical night where he came multiple times. I had that amazing orgasm. It, I burst into tears. This is the only time this ever happened to me. Oh, wow. It was so amazing. And I was so overcome that tears literally burst. Heavy on the overcome. (sighs) I I didn't even know that that was possible. Heavy on the deep. (laughs) All right, I'm done. (laughs) I I mean, Asia, that's, that's some deep shit, though. It was it was phenomenal. So I like B to me is saying there's there's an emotional component, there's a stimulation component. I don't remember us having much foreplay. I don't recall us having much foreplay. You just remember fucking. Yeah. I call it intense love making too, though. There's a point where fucking crosses over. Why well, feel like why can't fucking be an intense like I when I say fucking I mean we was when we when you fucking you <laughs> like that's some, some intense people, ass shit. Sometimes people use that to mean that it's kind of disconnected from any kind of oh, emotional no. attachment. But no, oh, no, the emotional attachment was definitely there. I was stuck on him ever since that night. Wow, I've never had like an intense. What did you call it, Asia? Intense what? Not fucking, but there's another term you use. <laughs> she said not fucking, but I said love making. Intense love making. That's actually one of the things I would love. I don't know. I don't know if it's that I've never been like um <sighs> intimately like connected with someone ever on like a mental, spiritual level, but I don't know if I've ever had a great like intense love making. Mm. Not fucking love making, right? Like the shit that mm. you like hear about. You know, Girl, he helped me wipe my tears away. Wow. Yeah, I need that kind of emotional, like, I would love to have one of those experiences. And then the other thing I was going to say is, um, I don't know if it's just me, but have you all ever had the experience? So this is usually like, when you know how women talk about, like, I enjoy sex, but I don't necessarily always have an orgasm. So I always have this experience where, like, And people always say, like, you just have to let go. But it feels like this never-ending, I'm almost there (laughs) feeling. That, like, it's really pleasurable. And it's, like, it's a great feeling. But it's not, you know how, like, if you're using the rose, like, whatever you're using, the rose. That's what I'm talking about. There's the build-up, build-up, build-up. And then it eventually crosses over. For me, some it's like when I'm having good penetration, it's like the build-up, 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 build-up. It never crosses over. And I'm like, at some point, it's need frustration. It's because and for me, well, it works. If I get a toy, I can, that can, it can, we, it's good, right? But I'm saying I want to be able to do it like, I want the experience of like no toy involved, right? Like, so. Well, first of all, you'll never leave him alone and he'll never leave you alone. So just be prepared for that. But the well, other, you know, I like monogamy, girl. <laughs> but the other thing I want to tell you is that's what I'm talking about. That night, it was the build up, build up, build up, build up into something else it was another stratosphere so you think you're working for the up and over down the other side of the hill Mm -hmm. i'm trying to get you to understand you don't want that there's something better than that that's what i'm saying you are the roses so because it's not just the build up build up get there either build up build up get there then there's another all the way up at the the way up at the tippy tippy top 
And that's where you get into squirting kingdom. So that's, y'all are saying my goal is you, wrong. You're, yes. I'm, you're, I'm you're, you're shooting too wrong. low. Too low. There's more the than me. Oh, the There's more. But oh is it okay God. if I aim low just until I get there so I can? No, <laughs> but we're telling you, that's why we're saying we're going to, we're getting you the it's fine. So We're going to get higher. you the rose. Okay. And so you'll you'll see, I'm telling you, the first one comes, keep going. Keep going. The second one comes. Sometimes Ooh, for me, the I second one. It, can I say this? Zimmy, go ahead and have your first orgasm, but don't stop there. Mm. What Bidemi is saying about, we were talking about this a second ago. We were like, yeah, that first orgasm and then Cause for me in the same partner that I'm talking about, we've had other great sex that wasn't like that one time, but it's when I come first, women, you've got to come first. You just have to, because you're sensitive. You're, you're, everything is on high alert and it's, that's that like never time. happens for me. What do you mean? That, that I come first. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> shout out to me, but oh. they, <laughs> no. it don't be lasting long enough. Like it's no, but that's why I'm telling you, you have to get the rose because exit. Oh, so you I don't have, have that penetration. penetration. No, because no, sometimes, because oh. sometimes it, what it, you it. can do is that okay, you get that satisfaction of I got that penetration. They go got off it. do their own thing. You now have your rose, and now you can. Center yourself. Got and, it. Oof, I thought y'all were saying come first ooh. with penetration. I'm like, that don't no, ever no. happen for I'm me. Saying, but you're saying, oh, okay, I got that. I'm saying foreplay, your yeah, orgasm, yeah. then penetration. Boop. Okay. That, that when That's I think of formula. good sex I've had, that usually is the formula. That's a great um, formula. Yeah. But I still haven't crossed that threshold of like... I but y'all telling me, me I'm aiming too low. I got to aim higher. So that's, that's yes. what I'm going to do. <laughs> I need a partner that I trust and I'm, you know, care about. No, but Zimmy. But for me, that's what I need. Well, Zimmy, what I'm saying is that the threshold that I'm talking about, you don't need a partner. You just need the rose. Oh, that's oh, what I'm telling oh, you. Jesus. You don't even need, you don't exit out the partner. Just you and the rose. Just the rose. Just, okay. just do it I with mean, you and the rose first. And someday down the line, I, I would like there to be, <laughs> I would like there to be a partner. But no, I think no, that's yes, right. of course, of course. But I'm just saying, you, because for me, I had to really understand like what it would take to get me there before mm. I now started trying to get there with somebody else involved. Mm. Got it. Can you say that one more time. Say that one more time. I had to understand what it would take to get me there before I started trying to get there with somebody else. Boom. So I had to know like where my points were, like when I'm about to come, when I'm not really feeling like it helps me be able to then like tell the person like, oh no, don't do that. Do this. I need this. Cause that's the other thing you do have to be vocal. Like for me, because it's really hard to get me there. So I have to be vocal or else I'm not going to get there. At all. And I don't want you to say that. Don't say it's really hard. Saying it's a journey. It's a it's journey. journey. That's right. But can it's we can we can we also talk about dating um, and having sex with men? Because a lot of times people will say like, "I have to learn myself so I can communicate better." 
I also want to leave space for the girls who have learned themselves and communicate and the partners still. <laughs> that's a hard time. Yes, that's okay, awesome. we have to acknowledge that, right? Because I feel like when I hear women, um, particularly like women who are like sex therapists, sex experts, et cetera, they always talk about like, you got to know your, like the, the what you just said, B to me, you have to know yourself, know your body, know like what works for you. And I want to shout out, you know, that sometimes that happens and you can be vocal and verbal about your likes and dislikes. And niggas will still fuck up. Yes. yes. Yeah, yes. I, I, I wanna... Ergo, <laughs> me and Asia's original point about dating oh, women. Wow. Hello. Oh, girl, Mel, I can't do it. Hello? <laughs> I mean, I just, mm-mm, I can't do it. No, but, but I'm just saying, like, this is one of those things that you then don't have to, like, necessarily oh, worry think about. about. Yeah. But then you miss all the other things, right? Like, you miss the... the... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you miss the callous the... hands, the, the, the thick necks, the like broad shoulders, hands. the back. Oh, girl, Ooh. I'm... Mm, well, mm. let me tell you the about this. back. Tight my booty. Mm. The tight my, booty. My, Ew. My lover. Let me tell you, my girl, my boo, my lover. Oh, she got your the lover. Thickness. She's got the Not thickness. Her lover. Your She's lover. got a what? She got the thickness. And so when I wrap my arms oh. around her, I get all of that, that fullness, that mm, and she's so soft. Whew. Women are so soft. Mm-hmm. I know, and that's what it does so that that's what doesn't do it for me. I love, yeah. I love a thing. nice, mm, just broad shoulder, nice wingspan, thick back. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> as, as, <laughs> Look as, as I'm saying just as far as my first sexual experience with a woman, one thing I didn't miss about the fullness of a man, the thickness of a man, was by being with a woman who had like a who had voluptuousness to her. If that's what you like about being with men, I highly recommend, you know, a woman partner who does have that kind of. There's a lot of there's a lot of tall there who need love. There's a lot of six four six. You know, y'all are right, but it's a no for me. (laughs) Well, shout out to shout out to Brittany Griner, but oh, I love me some Brittany Griner. How tall is she? Brittany Griner. I think Brittany Griner's like six seven. She's I'm tall. She's really tall. But there's I'm not gonna hold you. Like there's a good amount of like tall women out there. Um there's a good amount of like like women come in just all types, like diverse, so just yeah, I don't know. But no matter how tall Brittany Griner is, she is never gonna be like uh like when I like looking at her doesn't do for me what like looking at like some tall man in the NBA. You know what I mean? Like there's just a there's a <laughs> you know, there's a, <laughs> not a je ne sais quoi. Lily gonna get you. For that one. Quoi, you know, like, I, I can't quite me. tell you. When we were on the couch before we had transitioned to the bed, there was a moment when, you know, she was on top of me, straddling me, and I was waiting to feel the the bulge. I was waiting to feel the erection. But it wasn't there. I was like, oh. I didn't realize how... 
But see, that's the thing. But I quickly got over it. You know what you also missing out on? You know when you wake up in the morning, like, and they got that that nice, Mm. and a hand goes around. You know, you laid out on a side, and a hand goes around your neck like this with the cows. And you, why? This this. is so specific, and you can feel the in in your. You can feel the little ball. I'm just telling you the thing. I can't give up, girl. I can't give it up. This is no, I can relate. But I'm just telling you, Zimmy, that I quickly recovered. Like it was you a did. moment of like, oh, there's no bulge. Okay, we're doing this now. Okay. <laughs> okay you know. I mean, shout out to them. Shout out to Brittany Griner. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, but for real, shout out to Brittany. Actually, all jokes aside, shout out to for Brittany real. Yeah. You you saying Brittany Griner's name a lot, Zimmy? Are you sure there's not something mm. else? No, because you, you were talking about tall people, and then I also t- thought about her being incarcerated in Russia, and then I was like, oh, no. Nah, what? Russia. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know about Brittany Griner. What? Uh, mm-hmm. She was playing for the, you know how, because of sexism and, and patriarchy, uh, the women's uh, league don't make as much money as the men, so most of the women players play overseas in the offseason. Brittany happened to be in Russia when the war broke out, and then they incarcerated her under, like, false... I think they like they said she had a um, vape cartridge that was empty. Essentially, they just wanted to keep her because of all the tension between the U.S. and Russia. And she's been in Russian prison for like a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I was like, no, but for real, shout out to Britney. Are like, you serious? That's, yeah, it's a I whole did situation. not. She's like the top one of the top women players, right? Like, no, I know. Everybody. I did not know she was in Russia because it barely gets covered. I've been keeping up with the whole like with anything because you've been in Nigeria, but we're gonna get to that on another episode. Yeah, (laughs) and even if you were keeping up, it's not getting the media attention that like if a top NBA player was. Oh no, let LeBron James be missing for two minutes. We would have heard the end of it. Anyways, anyway, sorry. Okay, any other thoughts about? So we we've talked about a lot. We've talked about exploring sexuality, the differences between. And similarities between like being with women romantically versus men, trash men. Um, <laughs> any other thoughts? I just want to get into say, white peen. Yeah. Oh, not white peen. <laughs> Can we just briefly, because none of, none of us here at Ain't I a Woman identify as asexual, but I just want to hold space. For those of us out there who don't identify with preferring men, women, or non-binary bodies, we don't really have any sexual interest at all. But that doesn't mean that we're not connecting and that we're not having intimacies that don't involve sex, orgasm, penetration, exchanging of any bodily fluids because i understand y'all can relate to that that is kind of gross i mean i can't i can get it you know you gotta for me i can relate to that because i gotta like you for me to want any type of your bodily fluid even on my skin and this I is and this the girl who stayed going on vacation, going to different <laughs> places where her activities mm-hmm. cannot be traced. Ooh. Ooh. That's the real undocumented. That's the real <laughs> undocumented. When you go out of town and don't nobody know your exact precise locale. Nah, I'm actually 
actually kind of like conservative. Um, I'm really no, big I... on like knowing. No, really, like in terms of I have to know someone and like be connected for the most part. Not always, but like I, I like to. To me, it, it's like a the amount of safety I, I feel when I'm with somebody that I know and trust and feel connected to. It's actually really big for me because I can't even relax if I'm not. You know, like what's the point? I'm not even mentally relaxed, but I don't really know you like that. Y'all, Zimmy fronting for the camera because. Oh. <laughs> Let me front for the microphone because I Mom walked in. into a random clubhouse room. <gasps> what was happening? And, and discovered Zimmy having a very oh excited God. conversation about sex parties. Zimmy, do you want to tell us about these sex parties? Don't go on you now, Jimmy. Don't go on you now. <laughs> okay, okay. Actually, that's super interesting. Okay. So there is this podcast that um called Harder. I guess we can shout them out, Harder Soft. Shout um in Hey. Yeah, it's like a sex positive podcast for black men, which I think is super duper um like important. And one of the things they do is they host these things called play parties. Um, which is what basically kind of like a what kind of place? It's kind of, it's like a place for people who are interested in like doing swinger activity. You can have sex with different people, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What? Send me swinging from what? Oh, Asia, stop it! <laughs> I'm about to explain it to her, bro. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but um, so I I was talking about, and Corey said I can't do. Oh, somebody said I can't do it. Um. But I was like, I would love to be a fly on the wall. Like, I just, I, I think it's the sociologist in me. I'm like, fly. what is that like? Like, so y'all just, kind of fly? you know, an observant fly. fly. I, I said I would you love to like go to with one of these play parties. No, no, I would love to go. Like, if I was partnered, if I was married or something or partnered, I would love to go to just like observe. Like, I would not be interested in participating. And I heard that's very faux pas. Don't do it. Asia. Is that what we're I'm calling sick of them? Them. We're going, we're I'm going tired to, of these two. <laughs> to go do a whole study at a play. But don't y'all think it would be fascinating? Okay, I'm done with them. Zimmy, you, you know, you cannot go to one of those things and just observe, right? Well, you can though. Zimmy. You can. They have like so. Uh, somebody else that we know was talking Ooh. about how they're. Oh, yeah. Was talking about how um sh- they've been to one. She's been to one, and there's like a, a living room where you can kind of just sit, drink cocktails, chill, whatever. So there are like unofficial spaces where you know you can just be there for the social. What it's like how people go isn't saying is that I'm not saying. this person who shall remain nameless. We love you though. Um, who was there observing the party did not find anyone that she connected with. That was why it didn't go yeah. down dirty because everyone she saw was a little bit weird and didn't really tickle her fancy. So she didn't jump in, but had it been right. And this person wasn't me. And but no, but the thing is that <laughs> if you go with a partner, then you are definitely going to be doing some playing at the play party because um, you're not yourself anyway. Nope. We'll see. I just thought it was interesting. And actually, somebody else in the room. You see how she skipped um, over that? You, I sure did. <laughs> Skip right over it. Um, somebody else in the room actually sent me a couple links to the underground you know, network in the DMV. Um, so you gonna go? Is, uh, no, nah, I'm not partnered with anybody right now. 
Why don't you bring a friend? You said if you brought one particular friend, she would leave your ass. But what about some other yeah. friends? I thought about my home. I only have like my, my one home girl who's always down for the cause. Very adventurous. Just a good time. I don't feel like she would leave me. <laughs> I feel like she'd be like, okay, girl. Uh, not leave me at the party. But like if something came along that she was interested in, I feel like she'd be like, have fun on the, on the sofa. Bye, girl. See you in, a, in an hour or two. Well, and then I would be sitting there all awkward by myself. And it would just be awkward. I'm but so that could awkward. be your opening, Zimmy. That could be your window to step out of your comfort zone. You, what if you this, meet somebody? What if you see somebody that you like that's like really no. attractive? Oh, this is solely something I would want to try with a partner. Oh, okay. it's not like a you, you know, so conservative. Oh, god, I am conservative. What about it? <laughs> no, but honestly, it's it's just something I would be interested. Like, I, I'm curious to just see what happens there, and I would be too uncomfortable to like go like ear hustle and like people watch by myself so I would need to be you know because also Not they would ear need a buffer hustle. ear hustle and people watch but I would need a buffer right like if you're there with a partner and you are y'all are just together doing your own little thing I feel like people kind of know to like leave you alone well what? girl we're gonna go you know let's just no, but at a swingers go. party that means there could be you know whole threesome situations Ooh. quadruples like it doesn't it's not just two people always. Zimmy, said, you can set whatever boundaries you want maybe maybe you don't want certain acts I'm trying to corrupt me maybe there's other things you might like <laughs> want to happen I don't know think about it I, I'll think about it I won't but <laughs> only there was something else I wanted to say. I can't remember what it was. It was about the hardest or um, soft podcast and the play parties, but I'm, I'm blanking on what it is. Well, I've never been to a party either. I got invited um, to... I ain't never been invited. Oh. Well, okay. Well, I, I got mm. an invitation. Um, but again, I didn't have anyone to go with me and I didn't, I was concerned about a safety thing. This was in LA. It's like they have like these mansion parties, quote unquote, um, and I got invited to come, but I just, I didn't have anyone to go with me. And I was like, hmm, I just don't know about safety. I don't really know what I'm going into, which people are weird. Um, so I ultimately weird. decided not to go, but I've always been curious and interested. That's not something I will be open to checking out and checking into. Okay. I mean, I think I I have some, you know, I was back channeled a couple of um, places by someone in particular and, you know. To be continued. Yeah. <laughs> and I woman will report back on what is lurking on the other side of the underworld <laughs> scene. <laughs> and these DMV parties is black folk, right? So one of them, I think one was open to all and then one is like specifically for black folk. But the thing about the DMV is there's always black folk. It's like going to something in Atlanta. It'd be black just because it'd just be black area. people. It'd yeah. just be black people around. It may not be only black, but it's going to be enough black people. Um. So one thing we didn't cover since we're talking about are these sex parties black or white? One thing we didn't get into the way I really wanted to get into was interracial relationships so my new lover she blackity black 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 um one of her Asia and this lover thing wow 
I love saying I Tell have a me again. <laughs> So, you know, uh, I think on one side of the family is from Nigeria, Yoruba, and the other side is Jamaica. Hey. Jamaica. Oh, no, that is that is a heavy combination. Deadly combination. That is what a is really deadly? deadly combination. Well, actually, I'm thinking of men, so I don't know what it's like for women. If I met a man, so oh, for women, if it's even worse for women, what are you talking why? about? Tell me why. She's, wait, who's rap- Yoruba? Is it her mom or her dad? It's her dad. Okay. All right. I feel better. Okay. Okay. If it was her mom, I feel better. Run for cover. (laughs) Megan. Okay. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's good. That's good. That's Um, good. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. But these interracial relationships, Zimmy has been walking the tightrope. Uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have reaction. Zimmy is totally unwilling to dip her toe into the pool of the Peters and the Pauls. No, I am heavy on the black men. Um, I'm just not. A, I'm not attracted to white men. I just emotionally, I don't feel any vibes spiritually, physically, like. I just find black men to be really attractive and appealing. I can't even, you know how you have you have to be able to envision something. Mm. I don't envision anything when I see white men. I don't envision any kind of future. As someone who wants to have a family, I've never envisioned a family with like a white man and like biracial kids. It's just never been. I always joke and say if I when I turn 35, if I'm still single, I'll date white men, but I honestly think it's really a joke like I don't <laughs> I don't know like the, the perfect white man would have to literally fall into my lap you know like it's not something I would ever seek out I wouldn't it's not a, a part of my dating pool I would ever expand like you know how you were talking about going on an app and you expanded it from men to men and women I would never expand it to like black men and um, and white men specifically what it would literally just have to be men, though what about Asian men it's just never been my thing. I'm not into it. Not approved by it. <laughs> you don't watch um, any movies from throughout Asia. You don't see none of the fine Asian men. I feel the way about non-black men that I do about women. Which is I can yeah, I can look at <laughs> let me explain. I can look at a woman and be like, oh, she's beautiful. But there's nothing there. I can look at an Asian man and be like, he's very attractive. But I never am like, damn, I would. It's just like, oh, he's really attractive. It's kind of like this distance. Like there's no, it's almost like I'm just seeing a pretty picture. Like, oh, okay, that's really nice looking. And that's mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah, I don't. Well, I, don't I can know. relate to what you're saying. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I can't relate to your say- what you're saying. But, uh. Right after college, my ass got on a plane to a little country called Argentina. And there was a lot of things when I got there that I said I wouldn't do. I was a vegetarian <laughs> at the time, said I wouldn't eat meat till I got out there and saw the most beautifully prepared steak I had ever had in front of me in my entire life. And then I consumed that. And then I had a beautiful, funny... Uh, uh, exciting, 
interesting Argentinian man in front of me. And I consume that too, girl. Wow. And this is the thing. I'm from LA, right? So in LA, if you can only speak Spanish, you're not white. So I'm over there engaging with this man, not thinking of him as a white man until this one faithful night where I, I, I couldn't help but ask him. We had just had this really passionate, amazing lovemaking session. A Latin wow. lover. She just slid that in there. Wow. And he was like, I was, well, I said to him, I said, you know, wh why do you like black girls? And he answered me. He was like, their skin. He was like, it's their skin. And I said, he said to me, so why do you like white boys? And I said, motherfucker, I don't like what you're talking about. It's the cognitive dissonance. It was, it was some dissonance in there. So at the time I was with him and enjoying him and crazy in love with him. The first time I'd ever been in love with a man, I have to say. My very first time being in love with a man. Um, he had to like tell me like, girl, I'm white. Like, I'm white. And I was like, oh. And so... I was like, I never would have thought, I never would have, if you had asked me before this experience, could I love, be sexually gratified, have anything with a white man? I would have told you, you're out of your mind. <laughs> but mm. I woke up one night covered in his sweat and said, oh Lord, I am a believer. Not a believer. A believer. Oof. Beating me, what about you, girl? What's your opinion on Dipping your pool, your toe in the um in the pool of caucasity. The milk girl. pool, girl. The milk pool. Not the milk pool. Jesus. Well, to be, if we're gonna be very honest, I have had one experience with a white man. Oh my god. An Italian man to be exact. Well, the thing is never had Italian or Italian. What'd you say? He Not, was, I, you know what? <laughs> Not <laughs> Italian. Not not a Italian. He was well, well, I don't know because it was in the Bay, so like everybody is just kind of I don't know. Mm -hmm. Look, he was. Let me just let me just start from the beginning, okay? Because it was just a lot. It was let me a lot. Those. So here I am, minding my business to the store. Mm -hmm. Walked to the store, got what I needed. When I was walking into the store, this this man with blonde hair and blue eyes is just like staring at me like just looking at me and I'm like okay that's weird so I he's still staring at me so I walked up to him I was like do I know you and he was like no and I was like so why are you staring at me and he was like oh um well uh you're kind of pretty and oh you know my name is so so and so so can I get your number I was like okay why and didn't so, you tell us why you didn't say no? Because we know you be curbing these dudes. Why uh, didn't you say no to this man? She was curious. The reason I say no to him was because honestly, I liked the way that he was dressed. Mm, what was he wearing? Oh. Was he dressed in fine Italian linen? <laughs> I feel no. like he was dressed like a black man. He got fresh. I knew it. I knew it. I I know the kind of white man beat me with. I already knew I it. Was he was looking real college, Oakland, real Bay. Yeah, I was I still knew. young. Okay, yes, he did dress like a black man. Yes, mm -hmm. but 
that's what I'm saying. Everybody in the Bay dressed like they were black and it was quite annoying. But for some reason, I could just, because, okay, here's the thing. There are some people who you grow up around in the area that I grew up around who like, they really grew up in the trenches with you. But at the same time, they do do this thing where they try to like adopt um, and uh, appropriate parts of like black culture, like walking like us, like us and all these other things like that. Mm-hmm. But I do sometimes feel like because like in Oakland, black culture was such a heavy presence. It was it was the norm, like everybody grew up under it and was influenced by it. It kind of like just rubbed off on some people in a way that was authentic to them. Like they knew they weren't black, but they did the things that they did in terms of like the way they dressed and the way that they talked to pay homage to where they came from and the black people that they did grow up around. Like, I don't know, like Oakland just, there's just some things about the way that like people grow up and the way that like certain things happened and and, and certain communities were under particular types of economic and political pressures at the same time there's just a different type of like I don't know I feel like meshing that happens and it's such like a tight community so I didn't really feel too weird about it but even after I gave him my number I questioned him like I was like, you know, where are you from? How long have you been in the Bay? You know, all those other things. I found out he grew up in the Bay. Like he was from like the Fillmore district in in San Francisco, which is a predominant. You speak Italian to you, girl. No, no. So, um, did y'all like date or y'all on dates? Like what was, like, was it? Um, Did y'all do the nasty is what I'm trying to get mm. at. Well, it was kind of weird. Okay, so this, like, two weeks I questioned him, you know, I asked him, I got all this information from him, found out he sells weed. Like, (laughs) when I say weed, like, I'm talking massive amounts of weed, like, he's dropping off pounds. Not a white man in the underground economy girl and so I find out that you know he and his brother are trying to start this dispensary but they're running into like all these problems with licensing and and trying to pay the fee because at the time like in the bay it was one of the most lucrative things out there like there was a dispensary on every corner so it became like really really expensive I guess to now start to do all those things or whatever So he was just always like talking about the things that he was dropping off and things like that. Then eventually he one night he was like, you know, what are you doing? It was like nine o'clock at night. I said nothing. I'm chilling. And he said, okay, I'm about to come pick you up. And I was like, okay. I didn't ask where we were going. Nothing. So wait a minute. Why did you say yes? Because I was bored and I had been talking to him for like, two and a half, three weeks at that point. Why were you talking to him for two and a half or three weeks? Because I was curious. I was curious. I thought he was kind of cute. Fine. You were like 19 too, right? Like, Yeah, I was like 19, 20. 20. Okay. Zimmy been 19 before? She has never. So then 
sure. He just drives, we drive around San Francisco and he's just like doing all these drop offs and taking care of all this business. And I'm just girl, you went on a drug run? Girl, baby. Like, no, at one point, I, I thought it was a date. You went on a date. No, at one point, I was But that's what that's that's the shit. See, that's the weird shit that people be doing. So at one point, I asked him, I was like, did you like pick me up just to like swing me around town so you can just like drop? Thought we were gonna hang out. And he was like, Yeah, my bad. I had things to do, but I really wanted to hang out with you. So I just thought you could come with me real quick before we go eat and do all this other stuff. I was like, Okay, that's fine, cool. So then he takes me to this taco shop and we taco. get tacos. Well, at that point, it was like four o'clock in the morning. Four in the morning? <laughs> you went on a late night drug run? Jeez, beating me could be incarcerated. But I was, but the problem was that. Us. Was rolling flat like fat blunts the whole time and I was smoking so half the time I'm like oh so we finally we you know the food whatever and then he takes me back to his apartment he lives in one Why of these did like you agree to that you know what Asia go on mute it was four o'clock in the morning <laughs> and I was high so he lives in okay, one of so these what happens? So high rise apartments where like the rooftop is connected, so you Ooh, just have to go all the way up. Like that, girl. It was like he took Enough me for up a drug there. Why are y'all like this? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Okay, I won't interrupt no more. Marijuana was legal by then in California. Okay, but he took me so pretty like I never saw San Francisco like that before and it's like one of those things that you always see in the movies like like that's so Raven setup where it's like the attic and you can see everything or like New York City where it's like a whole bunch of apartments and you can just go up and you're on top of the roof and you can see everything so it was so pretty and I was like oh my god this is so pretty so we smoked a blunt up there another one and then we go back downstairs and he does all the caressing stuff, but something I just couldn't have sex with him. It just didn't feel right. Like depression. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. Like I even felt kind of weird about some of just like, I don't know. It got to a point where I just started thinking too much about it. And so we like kissed and all that stuff. We know what he was working with. Girl, is he it had true? It. Yeah. It was what? It wasn't it wasn't pink though. Like it wasn't like super pink. It was just like his skin was it was just like his skin. But his skin, like, you know, he's a little bit tan. He's not like white boy, white boy. But he had blonde hair and blue eyes. Zimmy, what are these facial expressions? <laughs> and yeah. I'm sorry, I, I do have a question though. Um, sorry, this is a question for you, Asia, because I'm intrigued by something. Okay, could you date a white man in the U.S.? Because when Vitamin <laughs> talks about that block that went up for her, because this is a he's Italian or whatever, but it's like a white boy in the U.S., right? Yeah, you were kind of dating this like white man but in this like latin american cons you know like there's there was a lot going on and we talking about just regular old a brad a brad a kevin what would it be giving like 
So can I talk? Let me talk to you about this this white man in Argentina. So he no, like, girl. Like, we're he ain't white. Me. <laughs> let me let me talk to you. B to me, you said he loved us, right? Our music, our style, our culture. Very similarly, Argentinian white boy was of very much the same orientation. Um didn't I wouldn't say he didn't try to like emulate it but he was clearly influenced by it mm. and had a style had a whole he was cultured yes yes and um I would say that helped tremendously because it was more like dating you know, dudes from Central America from my neighborhood, which I I had I always had growing up in Goa. There were dudes from Central America, um, from Mexico, from El Salvador, um, Guatemala. Uh, I, I I've always you know been interested in men from Central America growing up in in Goa, growing up in LA. So it was more so like that for me. It wasn't the leap to dating a Chadwick. He he wasn't a Chadwick. Wasn't a Chadwick. So, Angie, More like you a Marciano. So if he was a Brad, if he was from a the Brad, United Brad. States of Kentucky, what? Ooh, wait a minute. Someone we love is dating a kin from Kentucky. Oh, okay. From the United States of Idaho, <laughs> and I got to meet her partner, and he's very handsome. And he's very sweet and he dotes on her and he loves her. And we love to see it. and we love to yeah. see it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have to say I can definitely see the appeal. I can see why she chose him. I can see why she wants to marry him. I will be at the wedding. I'm gonna buy a very expensive wedding gown. <laughs> okay. I hope I get an invite. I would definitely love to visit the great state of Kentucky. I invited myself. I'm coming. Oh, damn. I was going to say, I think Asia invited herself. But so, Asia, the answer is a yes. You you would, Data. Well, I'm just saying that witnessing you, you that. You answered it five times without answering it. You sound like the man clubhouse. What I'm saying is that I, <laughs> I can see possibility. I'm not closed off to the idea, you know, okay. because I know that I do want to experience pregnancy. Uh, I do want to experience um, parenting and all of that. And if these Tyrones and Dwayne, not the Tyrones and Dwayne, if they keep playing with me, then I will go get with a Timothy, okay? Ooh. A Timothy. <laughs> But I mean, I just, I don't know. Like, I've never been able to, I've dated a man that's of like, I forget where he's from in South America, but he's like, I I just, I couldn't do it. If you're not black, there's just something like, even with women, I can't see myself being or engaging or being attracted to anybody who's not black it's just the attraction is just not like I could see like you're super cute but like even without that white boy like I was I was attracted to him initially but when it came to the idea of like having sex with him 
I was like, oh no, I don't think this is what I want to do. It well, stopped me. Every I got time. confronted with the fact that I might just be pansexual because I'll give anything a try. Uh, that's what my that's what she said to me she was like yeah I think you might just be pansexual like I think you just you connect to anybody based on how they make you feel how you feel about them I don't think you 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 don't have any barriers and I was like oh does that mean I'm a whole hope that's what that is we might be not a whole hope we might be thotties Excuse me over here. Um, we have all the blocks, blockades up. <laughs> we filter, we filter for white men. We filter for <laughs> <laughs> now. Um, yeah. Also, y'all, it's we're at 208, and I think we started like 30 minutes in. Do we want to like I want to take closing thoughts, y'all? We have had a we wonderful- can take closing thoughts on this. We have had a wonderful episode. We've gotten into the nittiest of the gritty. Uh, I think we want to continue to have regular episodes and updates on what we're learning in our dating and romantic lives. Um, Things we're discovering from talking to our (laughs) nearest and dearest friends about their escapades. Uh, We want to bring all of that to the show for y'all. And we definitely want to hear from y'all. So definitely be sure to reach out to us and tell us what you thought about this show. Tell us about what you're going through, how you can relate at the AIA Woman Podcast uh, email. It's A-I-A-W podcast at gmail.com. So we really look forward to hearing from you. And we'll read some of the very best emails we receive on the show. So closing thoughts. Who wants to go first? go first um <laughs> i've i was once described i think beating me was there um as cishead as fuck <laughs> was that supposed and to hurt know, the feelings or what was that it was but they didn't know that i kind of am um and yeah i think that you know i i I would like to get to a place where I'm having better romantic and sexual encounters with black men. I think that's my closing thought. And I think that that requires, that requires some work on my part, um, mainly in terms of like how I'm selecting people, like going back to the, the, the first thing I said, which was if I have to put on a performance for someone, whether that be, uh intimately sexually whatever that's just something i have to disengage from i feel like to have better relationships to have better sex whatever i need to get to i need to have the kind of relationships where i there's nothing about me that has to be performed right it sounds like that's what you all have been able to get by kind of expanding um and and being more open about like who you date whether it be in terms of gender race etc and i don't know that i necessarily have an inclination to expand in those ways, but I think I'm seeking generally what you all are seeking, right? Which is the ability to have like real authentic connections with people that I don't have to perform for. Um, Yeah, I I think I'll close there. Well, first I want to say definitely follow the Instagram page, A-I-A-W underscore podcast. Yes, please. Um, There's going to be, coming up on there I have like graphics that I've made that I haven't posted yet <sighs> yeah so I don't know y'all I just I be having stuff and I just be on it because I be unsure but I think I'm definitely just going to like put it out there but 
you know, as far as this episode goes, I'm really happy that we were able to talk about this and I'm that we were able to like be honest and I'm happy that, you know, we were able to talk about the different experiences that go like with dating. I feel like these are all different, like in cogent aspects of dating while feminists, you know, and it's really important for people to like see these perspectives and know that it's okay to like be in different stages of you are with dating, if you want to date, if you don't want to date, who you want to date, how you want to date. So I think that, you know, this is really, really dope. And I'm so excited for what, like the new topics that we're going to, well, we're going to do another one, right? Of this topic, be to me? Of like no, dating as a- like another oh, yeah, yeah. topic. Because we have some stuff too coming up. So yeah, this was really, really fun. It was great. I feel the same way, y'all. I feel like we got into so many important things. I definitely am coming around to some ideas that I've been uncomfortable with, like this idea of being pansexual. That's something I'm still kind of thinking about and meditating on. I never thought of myself as being pansexual. And I don't I don't know how much I really like labels. Like I and I've always called referred to myself as a queer person since I learned of the label queer. I've been comfortable saying queer. Um but I didn't really like having the specificity because I feel like, do I have to stay limited there? Do I have to have like a whole coming out thing because I've discovered that I prefer this or that, or my gender identity feels more this, or I just, I just didn't like the, the heavy lifting I have to do with managing other people's expectations through ascribing to one label or another. I just didn't like that. So I'm, I'm comfortable with being queer. I'm comfortable with, um, you know, having conversations with people who I'm dating or interested in, making sure they know where I'm at, where I land. Um, and I think that that's really important. And so this conversation with y'all has has really helped in that regard, like, you know, getting really comfortable just talking about it. I've talked to y'all more about this than I have my best friend back home. And I hope when she listens to this episode, she don't feel like there's any love lost. It's just you know, y'all have come to be so important to me in my life. I just, I can't really tell y'all how important y'all are to me. And so y'all are really the first people that are even gotten a chance to talk about. And then of course, our listening audience, the relationships we've built with other folks um, since starting the Ain't I a Woman Club on Clubhouse and then growing to this podcast, you know, I've built so many loving connections. There's way too many of y'all to even name. There's thousands of y'all at this point and we only hope to grow we only hope to expand and I just want to thank y'all so much for even making this possible it's been a beautiful experience for me being more honest and more truthful about who I really am get into it y'all this is it this is lit and on that note I want to end the fourth episode of the Enai Woman podcast and I hope you all will be around for the fifth thank you so much (laughs)